Boker Tov, and welcome back to our ongoing series of Shurim and Daf Yomi. We are now in Masachet Yivamot Daf Samach Aleph Amud Aleph, and we have a relatively short piece to do to, uh, in this podcast, uh, and later on today we'll be broadcasting the next, which will be a much longer suit. Uh The Mishnah at the d- bottom of Daf Samach Aleph Amud Aleph continues with the issue of the different merit, poss- merit possibilities for Kohen, and I would talk about a Kohen Ediot. Kohen Ediot lo yisa ailonit, ela imken yesh lo isha ubanim. So the position of the Tanakama is that a Kohen, regular Kohen, remember who is not allowed to marry a Zona, should not marry an ailonit, in other words, a woman who we know is incapable of, of conceiving, unless he already has uh, children. In other words, he's already fulfilled the mitzvah of Puravu. And this is going to be our entry into the mitzvah of Puravu. Rabbi Yudah maintains that when the Torah prohibits a zonah, the reference is specifically to an ailonit. Now, whether Rabbi Yudah claims, and we'll see this later on, also with a little bit of unclarity, that that is what zonah means, or that zonah includes many other types, including uh, an ailonit, is a little unclear. Rabbi Yudah certainly believes that an ailonit is a zonah. And therefore, even if a Kohen already has a wife and already has children, has fulfilled the mitzvah of Puravu, nonetheless, he may not marry an Ailonit. Tanakhama's position is that an Ailonit is not a prohibition. There is nothing uh, that re- recommends that she's considered a Zonah. And therefore, as long as he's fulfilled the mitzvah of Puravu, then he may marry an Ailonit. This, of course, raises the question about why mention a Kohen. After all, Israel also has to fulfill the mitzvah of Puravu. And the Gemara will discuss this. Chachamim's position is that a zonah is defined, in which the zonah is asurah Kohen, is defined as a giorat or which is sort of one of the two of the same piece. A woman who was converted, or who was a shivcha who became liberated, um, meaning that for a part of her life she was not Jewish, um, or nivala biladznut had bi'ah, in other words, it's nothing about her physical status, but about her sexual history, had bi'ah, which is defined as a biadznut, which would be, be a bi'ah out of marriage, but we'll see exactly what that means. All right. Amalei reish galuta Ravuna. So reish galuta asked Ravuna the following thing. My taima, so what's the reason that you should not marry an islandit? Mishum piri verivya, because you have to fill peruvul. So, what, only Kohanim are commanded regarding Puravu and not, uh, and not Yisrael? So, Amalei, so what did Ravuna answer the Mishkaluta? And the reason that the Kohen Yod is mentioned in the Reisha is to set up Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda will certainly say that a Yisrael could marry an Ilanit if he already has children, and that there will be consensus on. Because Rabbi Yehuda wants to highlight his position on the Ailanit as a Zonah, therefore we picked the Kohen Hedjot. She saw Ailanit, she's Zonah Murabah Torah. The Azona Kohanim Ud Mifkadi, Yisraelo Mifkadi. Only Kohanim are prohibited from marrying a quote unquote Zonah, meaning somebody who is defined as a Zonah. Shumachik Tani Kohen. Good. So now, we've, we understand the structure of the Mishnah. What is the reasoning of Rabbi Yehuda? I'm Ravuna, my time with Rabbi Yehuda. What is Rabbi Yehuda's reason for maintaining? That a na'ilunit is a zonah. Tichtiv, he quotes the pasuk, which is pasuk number one on the page. Achlu v'lo yizbau, hiznu v'lo yifrotsu. Ki atadunai azavu, azvu lishmor. Pasuk in Oshea says, 
They will eat, but not be satisfied. They will whore, but not break through. So what, how does he define it? So he's saying that that uh, any biyah, which is not a pritzah, it's the possibility of bursting forth with the child, therefore um, is is defined as a bilatznu. Now, Tanya Beliazer Omer, Kohen lo yisa et haktana. Beliazer says a Kohen should not marry a ktana. Why would a Kohen not be able to marry a ktana? So, Amr le Rav Chista le Rava, Fuk ayen ba, de la orta bai la Ravuna minach. You better go look into this statement of Rabbi Eliezer, because tonight Ravuna is going to ask you about what it means. Nafak ayen ba, so he went to investigate what Rabbi Eliezer meant. Rabbi Eliezer, Savar la Krab Meir, Savar la Krab Yehuda. It must be that Rabbi Eliezer maintains two relatively isolated positions. Famous position of Rab Meir de Chayish Lemuuta, who's always concerned with a statistic improbability, and the sheet of Rab Yehuda that um, an island is considered a zona. So therefore, a Kohen may not marry Tana because there's a faint possibility she'll turn out to be an island, and that is Rab Meir's concern. And then, according to Rab Yehuda, he's marrying a zona. Savalak Rab Meir de Chayish Lemuuta, Savalak Rab Yehuda, and my island zona. Now, is this really true? Could Rab Eliezer? Within the positions we know about him, could he possibly be in accord with Rebbe Meir and with Rebbe Yud on these two issues? The answer is on neither one. Since when does he accept Rebbe Meir? Meir says that a katan, who is, let's say, the only living brother, or a katana, who was married and fell, she was, let's say, the only wife, or all the wives were the katanot, who fell. Rebbe Meir says they can't do Yibam or Chalitza, they have to wait until... Both sides are of age to act. Amr Lord Mayor. So they asked Rab Mayor, Yafea Martasha in Chotzin. We understand why you say that a Katan or Katana cannot do Chalitza. Inshktiva Parsha, it says, and if you take a look at Pasuk number two, it says, Kacha Yasela Ish. This, this is what should happen. It's what the Yavama declares when the man does Chalitza. This is what happens to a man who will not build his brother's house. Obviously, that means an Ish. And as we see in the next um, Parsha about the woman intervening uh, to, uh, to, to, to uh, save her husband, and thus shaming him, it says, Isha and Ish, right? and Isha Ish. And so therefore, perhaps even without that, we compare that just like the Ish has, the Choletz has to be an Ish, so the Choletzet or the Chalutza has to be an Isha. So in other words, we buy it, Reb Meir, that you have to be an adult to do Chalitza. So why can't you do Yibo? After all, let's say that the man is uh, above age and the girl is 11 or 10. Why can't you do Yibum? After all, Yibum doesn't need to that. Amalei Katan, why can't the Katan do it? Shema Yimatsei Saris. Because maybe it will turn out that this Katan is biologically incapable of reproducing. It's a Saris, and we're going to deal with the Saris later on in Namasachet. And therefore, he is not allowed to do Yibum. There's no Mokamitzvah here, and he's violating Eshirach. And we can't be miyabim ektana because remember an ailonit is p'tura that we saw at the beginning of the masachet, and again it'll be a violation. It'll be eshedi shalom mokam mitzvah. But that's Reb Meir who's choshesh the muuta because most people will grow up healthy. Vitanya and following that that um, that brighta, we have the following. disagrees and says. True, cannot do chalitza, but may do yibum. So that means that he does not choshesh the miyuta. He's not uh, concerned with the very uh, small concern 
that um, that this girl will turn out to be an Ilunit. So he's not Hoshish to Miyuta. That's one. Since when does he accept Rabbi Yehuda's definition of a zona? And it's the famous Brayta. Vatanya zona, zona kishma. says a zona really means a zona, meaning a woman who's had adultery. He says, no, a zona is a harlot. In other words, somebody who uh, is having relations with many men. What we would call halachically a Kadesha. Ratzman Kharash has an expansive definition. He says any bia which is asur generates that the woman who has had such a bia is called a zona. And an extreme example is even a husband and wife who are forbidden from having relations from each, with each other because, let's say the woman is a safek sota and he's on his way to Shalim to give her the mei sota. He's not allowed to deal with her until things are concluded, hopefully in a satisfactory manner. Uh, makes her zona. We know mer zona zu ailunit. And Rabbi Yehuda says it's an ailunit. You see, Rabbi Yehuda here disagrees. Just like our Mishnah in zona, now we have Rabbi Lazar Omer, this we've already seen, that Rabbi Lazar, not the same Rabbi Lazar, holds that uh, even a, a non married woman, who has relations that are not within the context of marriage, uh, that creates a, uh, a status of zona. Uh, but we see that Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Eliezer ben Horkunus, who said that a zona is really a zona kishma, the most, so we say, obvious definition, will certainly not accept that an ailonit is a zona. So now, let's go back and say, why does Rabbi Eliezer say that a kohen cannot marry a ktana? It can't be because he's concerned with Rameh or Rabbi Yehuda put together, because he doesn't accept either of them. So what's the reason? Possibility number two. Ela Amarav Adabarava Hacha Bachoen Gadol Askin. Rabbi Eliezer said, Kohen Shana Merektana, I meant Kohen Gadol. And what's the reason? La'emad Kanila, when is he Koneher? La'chigadla. He maintains that the Kenyan happens only when she becomes of age. And Bu'ula Havya. At that point, she's already Bu'ula because he married her as a Ketana. So Amarava Machalile. Does that make any sense? If her father was Mekadesh or Azaktana, that's the moment in which the Kohen is Kohen. What do you mean when she becomes of age? She becomes a Mekadesh when he's Mekadesh. And at that point, she's not a Bu'ulah. And if the girl was Mekadesh herself, Azaktana, this is only Rebbe Le'ezer who would disagree. Everybody would disagree. After all, a Ketana cannot accept Kiddushin for herself. Says, Let's go back to the Kohen Hedjot. We're concerned that perhaps she's a young girl, and he'll be Mekadishur, and then she might have go relations with somebody else. So, so then you should say that nobody should marry a Ketana, not just a Kohen. Nobody should marry a Ketana because she's a young girl, she's not living in your house yet because you're only Mekadishur, and she might have relations with somebody else and violate Eshadish. The answer is Pituyektana Onasu. This is something we'll deal with in Pitubot in greater uh, depth. But we say there is no deen of Pitui by Ektana. Pitui, which is seduction, in other words, a consensual relationship, what we might call statutory rape. Uh, any consensual relationship with Ektana is not consensual and it's called Onas. Right? But Onas be Yisrael Mishashari. If Yisrael's wife is raped, then she's Mutaduin, not a Kohen's wife. So therefore, a Kohen marries Ektana, and Ektana is seduced. That's called onus, therefore she's not allowed to live with him. If, on the other hand, it's Israel, then she may live with him.
So now we've we've explained Rabbi Leizer's position as Kohen Loisataktana, as uniquely about a coin, and it's a coin idiot, and it's not based on any uh, statistical improbability and definition of zona, which Rabbi Leizer doesn't accept, but it's con- it's concerned with a sociological possibility that may play out before she comes to live with him. Papa Mama Kohen Gadol. He says, let's go back to Kohen Gadol. By Tanahu Tanya, it's following this brighter that says Bitula. The definition of a coin gadol must marry betula. Yachol tana. I might think that would include a tana tamulomar isha. It says isha bivetula hayikach. All right, that's in pasuk number three on the page. E isha yachol bogeret. So if it says isha, that might mean that he should take dafka somebody who's a bogeret tamulomar betula. So we have a tension between isha and betula. Haketzad. What do you do? You're only allowed to marry somebody who is beyond katnut, she's already in Isha, but not yet a Bogaret, meaning she's not out of the status of Betula. So that means a Ketana is X'd out, not because of some concern, because according to this opinion, a Kohen Gadol may, must marry somebody who is already a Na'ara. He sort of seems to say the same thing, Betula in Betula ela Na'ara. That even without the word isha, bitula is defined as being somebody only within that six-month scope. At least according to Shmuel's read, the six-month scope of 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 na'ara. We have the pasuk in describing Rivka when she comes out to bring the water to uh, to uh, Avram's servant and the camels. And I bolded them on the on the on the uh, text that the na'ara was a bitula. So we're defining now bitula as only being within that range of the, of the period of Na'ara. And therefore, when it says that a Kohen, must, a Kohen Gadol must marry a Petula, that means a Na'ara and not a Ketana, and Rabbi Lezer accepts that, def, that the definition of the text. Rabbi Lezer Omer, Panuya Balaptunya Shalol Shem Ishu Zona. Parenthetically, we said that the last opinion among all of the ones that we mentioned is that even a relations with just an unmarried woman that's not part of Kiddushin creates a Zona. Ravamam ain't Allah Rabalazar. And parenthetically, Ravamam says that Allah does not follow Rabalazar. So as I mentioned, this was a relatively short piece. Tomorrow we will uh, in the next podcast, which will be later today, we will uh, pick up on the next Mishnah, which is essential Mishnah of the Mitzvah of Puravu, and continue to Samach Gimel Amur Aleph. And then the next podcast go to Samach Dalar Amur Aleph, which will finish that sukya, And then we will complete the parak. On Samach Vav Amur Aleph in the final podcast of the Parak. Everyone should have a wonderful day.